Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the U Schools classroom coaching session for today. We are going to talk about how to break down the student conversation into six easy steps. So if this is the first time that we're meeting, uh, I'm Dr. Jody Ashbrook, founder of the U School. Uh, I work with institutions in the areas of um, anything that falls under the umbrella of the student journey from the first point of contact all the way to when the student transitions into class. And as you know, there's a lot of steps in between there. Uh, so anything from strategy, uh, frontline coaching with advisors, counselors, enrollment, um, marketing, uh, you name it, anything that falls uh, it, it, along that journey, that's the space uh, where I offer support and guidance and consulting and coaching. So, so happy to be here with you all today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, thank you for hanging out and being patient with me. We are going to be mindful of time, so we will stop right at 1.30. Um, I do have a resource to share with you as we go along, but I am going to offer up uh, just some conversation around the six steps. Uh, that way you'll get an idea of what are the six steps, what are some things we should be thinking about um, as it relates to your role. So keep in mind, this conversation is not just for uh, an enrollment counselor or an enrollment advisor. This is about how do we have a conversation with the student, whether we are in outreach, um, whether we're in corporate development, enrollment, financial aid, advising, you can even use this model um, as it relates internally. If, if you're a leader and you have um, uh, frontline staff or mid-level staff reporting to you, this is a way to think about any sort of conversation. Um, and how do you break that down into six easy steps? So for, for the purposes of um, really step one of the map, so step one is the introduction to the conversation. And obviously, if you're having an internal conversation, you don't really need to introduce yourself. But if you are talking with a student or talking with a potential employer partner or um, institution partner, you are going to want to introduce yourself. And I know this step sounds really simple, but there are some things that I want you to be mindful of in step one of the conversation. So step one has a couple of components. Who are you? What is your role? And what is the purpose of the conversation? And as you're mapping this out, uh, what can be common and where I want to caution you is a lot of times people will try to get all that information out as quickly as possible. That makes it challenging for the person who is receiving uh, the introduction to really process everything that you're sharing all at once, because it's kind of coming at them like a fire hose. So uh, I will role play this um, from the standpoint of a counselor or an advisor, uh, just to give you some context. Um, so we want to think about who are you? What is your role? What is the purpose of the conversation? The other thing I want you to think about in the introduction is pausing in between offering that information so that we're not having the person who's on the receiving end of the introduction drinking from a fire hose of information. So if you're an enrollment counselor, uh, that introduction might sound something like, hi, is, uh, is Jody there? This is her. Hi, Jody. This is Rebecca calling from XYZ University. Pause. Wait for some sort of acknowledgement. 
hi or okay or yeah, whatever acknowledgement you're getting is going to be good enough because all you want to do is allow them to process who you are. So Rebecca says, or Jody acknowledges, yes, I hear you. You're going to follow up with, I'm following up on your request for information about our business program. Pause again. Wait for that acknowledgement that sounds something like, okay, or yeah, or yeah, I requested information. Then you go into, so again, uh, Jody, my name is Rebecca. I'm calling from XYZ University. My role is to answer your questions and guide you through the process. Don't over talk what your role is there. So my role is to answer your questions and guide you through the process. Pause again, let them process. Keep the focus of your role simple so that they don't get lost in everything that you're saying. A lot of times when I'm working with teams, I hear that purpose of the conversation go on and on and on. And it sounds like we're going to figure out what your goals are. I want to answer your questions. I want to set you up for success. The person on the other end of the phone or text message is getting lost if you over talk it. So I recommend keeping that purpose of your role simple. Answer your questions, guide you through the process. Once you get a okay, um, then you might say something like the, the purpose of our conversation today really is to get those answers to your questions and figure out what your next steps are from there. So again, same thing with the purpose of the conversation. Keep it simple, keep it clear. Don't overtalk it and don't be pushy with what you are suggesting will be the outcome of that conversation. We're just here to make sure that you get what you need and figure out what your next steps are. Figure out what next steps make the most sense. You don't need to necessarily say, we're gonna help you apply. We're gonna talk about registration. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that that will scare people off pretty quickly. And what you really wanna be mindful of with this introduction is to make sure they know who you are, what your intent is. So that's why I'm suggesting be clear, be simple. What is your role? What's the purpose of the conversation? Once someone understands what your intent is, that guard starts to drop a little bit more, which will allow them to allow you in to have that conversation. So just to recap, step one, introduction. Who are you? What is your role? And then what is the purpose of the conversation? So that who are you piece is introdu introducing your name and where you're from, then you pause, right? Then you're gonna state, um, I'm following up on your request for information about school. Or if it's a different conversation, I'm following up on your transcripts. I'm following up on the evaluation of your credits. Pause again. Hey, again, my role is to do this and this. The purpose of our conversation today is to do this and this. Does that sound good? Um, I, I would really suggest, I know you'll hear a lot of times people um, offer up, try to build rapport, try to talk about their day, try to talk about this. Not that that's wrong, and I'm not suggesting that you don't do that, but what I will um, offer up to you is just be mindful of how that can appear 
and put yourself in the student's shoes. When you get someone calling you that you don't know who they are, you don't really know what their intention is yet, and they start chatting you up about your day, oftentimes we lean more toward not trusting them versus trusting them. So again, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just suggesting to be mindful of how much you're doing that and is it creating the outcome that you want to create that early on in the conversation. That person doesn't know you yet. They don't trust you yet. Um, so you want to be really intentional with what you're saying and how you're saying it. That's why I'm suggesting get down to business and be simple, be personal, personable, be light, be friendly, um, but maybe don't uh, over talk um, things like, how's your day? How's your day going? How are you? This, that. Wait till you get a little bit more in the conversation if you want to go there. So that's step one, the introduction. Who knew an introduction could be that intense, right? But the goal is to make sure that they start to trust you and that you have their best intentions in mind in this conversation. You can't do that if you bulldoze them in that introduction or you go too fast. They're not processing who you are. They're already going to shut down. You're not even going to be able to worry about the rest of the steps in the conversation. Step one, introduction. Step two is really simple. It's one sentence. It's transitioning from the introduction into the conversation. A lot of times people will use a transition question that sounds something like, what are your questions? How can I help you? How did you hear about XYZ? I'm going to suggest you don't do that. Here's why. You are creating a challenging dynamic for you as a counselor, an advisor, an outreach person to really have an in-depth, meaningful interaction. And with that first question being, how did you hear about XYZ University or college? The answer you're going to get back is probably a one-word answer. My friend, the internet, so-and-so went to your school and had really good things to say. Now you've got to pick up that conversation and keep it moving in a meaningful way with nothing really to work with. So a transition question needs to think of it this way. You want to cast the net. Like if you're going fishing, which is where we're getting ready to go, right? You want to cast that net wide. So you get some fish back. So you can ask some developmental follow-up questions. You can't do that off of how did you hear about us? Or what can I answer for you? Because if you ask what questions can I answer for you? And the student says something like, um, well, what programs do you offer? Or how much does it cost? You're already in transactional land and that's where you're gonna hang out the majority of the conversation. Transactional land is not gonna get us to figure out who is the student, what do they need and how can we help them? So some suggest, uh, Transition questions that I would suggest that you use after you go through your introduction. So again, step two is the transition. Why school and why now? Or tell me a little bit more about why school. Tell me a little bit more about why you're interested in the business program. Do you see how that type of question opens up the interaction? It gives you something to work with. It gives you something to learn more about the student it starts to create more of an in-depth conversation versus how did you hear about us? What questions can I answer for you? How can I assist you? 
What program are you interested in? You don't have a whole lot to work with from there. You don't have all, um, uh, really uh, a, a lot of places to go from there. So transition, one question, keep it open, have it focus more on why so that you've got something to work with. Cast that net wide so you get some fish to start to um, uh, work with that you can build that conversation. After step two, we go to step three, which is discovery. The whole purpose of discovery is to learn about the student's story, what is their background, and what, where are they at? What are they looking for? Oftentimes here, if we aren't opening up that conversation in an in-depth way, we're going to go transactional, which means we start info dumping pretty quickly about the program or the university. That's going to create um, a pretty quick conversation that ends in, great, I'll send you an email and you follow up with me or let me know if you have any questions. But we don't really get progression because we don't really understand what the student needs or wants. So we can't do the rest of the conversation, which is steps four through six, because we don't understand the story. So discovery is all about, again, who is the student? Why are they looking to go to school? What's been holding them back? Where are they in their process? What do they need to know? It's not just about, and I know you've probably heard this word before, um, motivation. Motivation is just a fancy way to say, why do you want to go back to school? If we're using that in our transition, we've already got that answer. We don't need to go five, six, seven, 10 layers deep. In fact, you're probably going to do more harm than good that way because you're going to turn the student off. You can only ask why in so many ways. And it's only, you know, one or two reasons, right? You just need to know why are they thinking about this? How long? What's it going to do for them? So what I want to suggest for you in step three is find three or four, what I call core discovery questions that you can use to understand the student's story. And that will help you create an in-depth conversation um, or a more meaningful interaction where you can ask follow-up student-specific questions after that based off of what you get from your core discovery questions. So I'm not suggesting that you, you know, create this script of why and how and when, and you just kind of check the box. I want you to have some core discovery questions to go to so you know where to guide the conversation. You feel com com confident and comfortable guiding that conversation and questions that are going to help you get information back that you can then work with and ask follow-up developmental questions. Having open-ended core discovery questions will help you to be able to ask what we call developmental, which is really just building your next question off of something that the student has shared. So you're not asking what you may have heard as closed-ended questions, or it doesn't feel transactional. So some suggestions on core discovery questions. Remember your transition is gonna sound something like, tell me more about why X program or why school and why now, okay? So you're already asking that one, that's your transition in. Some core discovery questions after that would be, tell me about your previous educational background. 
a developmental question off of that core discovery question would be, how was that experience for you? What was challenging for you in that? What worked well for you in that process? Another core discovery question, how long have you been thinking about this program? What's been holding you back? Where are you in your research process? What's important to you in a school to be successful? You're learning. The whole focus of step three is to learn who they are, what's important to them, so you know where to go in step four. Step four is about figuring out what are their main concerns and creating solutions for those concerns. So when you're done with step three, the bridge, we call it a bridge to get from step three to step four, that question is going to sound something like, a lot of times students have concerns around how they're going to pay for school, how the program works, what support um, is, is there for you. What are your concerns that you have that you want to make sure we talk about today? A common myth in enrollment or advising or higher ed in general is we don't talk about it, then the student will actually start class. They won't exist, right? We, we play this avoidance game around student concerns and the cost conversation, which we won't get to today, but the cost conversation around how you're gonna pay for school and what are your options is another place that we tend to avoid. That's not gonna go away. If we avoid concerns, the student doesn't have anything to really solve their problem to be able to take that next step. So you can, um, this is why focusing on motivation doesn't really work, right? You can create this beautiful picture around why the student's motivated, why they wanna go, what it's gonna do for them. But if you don't solve the gaps or fix the problems that move the rocks out of the way so that they can feel like they can take that next step, they're not going to. So you can uh, build a plan, send them the application, send them the program information. You haven't solved the problem that moves the rock out of the way for them to feel comfortable to progress forward. That is step four. That's what step four does. So that bridge from discovery into concerns, what concerns do you want to make sure we talk about today? That's where you want to stay. Um, that's where you want to go next to move that stuff out of the way. This is where you match up what the institution has to offer that directly addresses the student's concerns. So it's not an info dumping of all the wonderful things that your institution can do for the student. It's asking, are they concerned about how they're gonna pay for school? Usually, yes. And if they don't tell you that, you need to bring that up. You need to bring up how much school costs. What are the options to pay for? There'll be another coaching session on the cost conversation because that's a whole other animal in, in this process all in itself, right? So um, cost, time, how long it's gonna take for them to complete and um, how they're gonna fit it into their schedule. That's usually another common concern that comes up. Value, what is the return they're gonna get on their investment? What is your accreditation? How are their employers gonna see uh, them completing their program at your school? That, that's another common concern. And then their ability to be successful. So usually students' concerns fall in one of those four areas. Your job is to figure out what, what concerns the student has, what buckets do their concerns fall in, and then match up what the institution has to offer to overcome that concern. 
That is what step four is all about. That bridge, that question that I gave you, a lot of times students have concerns about how they're gonna pay, how the program works, what support offers, what concerns do you have students that you need to make sure that we talk about today? That's your bridge to get there. You address, figure out what they are, you match up what the institution has to offer to solve. Then once we feel like we've done that, we're moving on to step five, customizing and building the plan. This is also known as um, a lot of times what people call closing the conversation, setting the next step. I want to reframe your feeling around um, being pushy, feeling aggressive, uh, feeling like uh, it's on this part of the conversation is uncomfortable. I also want to acknowledge that it can be if you're not doing it in an authentic way. So what I want to provide for you with step five is a comfortable, human, authentic way to close the conversation. So when we get to this point in the conversation where the student knows something needs to happen, you know something needs to happen, and that, that ask of what do we do now is, is really where we're at. So this is step five. When you get to that point, that ask or that closing is going to sound something like, we've talked about a lot today. Typically the next step is to complete the application. I'm not sure if that's where you're at or if that's what you feel comfortable with. What are you thinking as far as a next step? Think of that as an offer, right? You're, you're offering that up to the student. We're not, we haven't even talked about a start date yet unless the student has brought it up. We don't bring that up. It doesn't fit yet. It fits in step five. The reason we're making that offer is, think of it as a red light, green light. We wanna see what the student says. Do they feel comfortable doing the application? If they don't, if you get what we call a red light, you're not gonna talk about the application. You're not gonna talk about a start date. You're not gonna be pushy with that. That's not where that human being is in this process. So allow them to come back to you to say, yeah, I, I feel like I'm ready to do the application. Or if you get a hesitation, no, I don't think so. I, I really need to figure out what I'm gonna be eligible for with the FAFSA or I need to talk to my husband, or I need to talk to my employer, or I need to talk to my wife, or whatever it is. If you get a red light, you still have something to solve for that student before you make any plans around an application or a start date. And that student's going to trust you more because you're doing right by them, and you're taking a humanistic approach with where they are on their journey. Not where you need them to be, not where your boss needs them to be, not where the institution needs them to be, where they are. So that's your closing question. Ask that first before you do anything else. If you get a yes, I think I'm ready to do the application, then we're going to set some plans, okay? And this is where um, some people call it a deadline, some people call it a next step, whatever it is, we're building a plan. That's the easiest way to think about it. Everybody understands what a plan means, or at least what the term means. So that's how you're going to present it to the student. If you get a yes, I think I'm ready. Okay, so here's our next step. First step we need to do is to complete the application. I'm enrolling right now for June 22nd and August 13th, student. Which one of those dates works better for you? June 22nd. Okay, great. So. Like we talked about, first step is to do the application. 
Here are your magic words with the deadline. Are you ready? When is it realistic for you to have the application completed? You're asking them for the date. You're not manufacturing a deadline. You're not telling them the deadline is in July for an August start date. You can, but then you run into the risk of chasing them down for paperwork. You've ever had that happen? So you're asking them, when is it realistic for you to get this to me? Now, if you're an advisor, you can still use those words. If you're in corporate development, you can still use those words. So the when is it realistic puts the ownership back on the individual. And then it gives you a specific day and time to follow up with them. That is meaningful. You're not saying, well, okay, well, great. Then I'll follow up with you in a week. And then they don't answer. We all know how that goes. You build your follow-up time off of the date that they've given you that they will complete that task, whatever task it is. So when is it realistic is your magic word. Your plan from there gets built off of that follow-up date and time. We'll talk about in another coaching session what happens when they don't do the paperwork, when they don't follow up, because it happens, right? Uh, it'd be great if it worked 100% of the time. It's not going to, but what it will do for you, it's going to make that whole closing part the next step, the deadline, it's going to feel a million times more comfortable for you and the student. So step five, when it's time to go there, talked about a lot today. Next step typically is to do the application. I'm not sure if that's where you're at. How do you feel about taking that next step? Red light, green light. If you get a green light, then you set the start date. Then you talk about the application and you ask them, when is it realistic for you to have that completed? You know your schedule better than I do. What are we thinking? When's a good time for us to plan for that application to be done? That's your follow-up time. Step six, you summarize and close the call. And that summary is pretty simple because you've been with that student the whole way through. You don't need to do this really long, drawn-out summary where, hey, student, so I understand you want to do this program. and. This is the end result. You can if you want, but think about, again, put yourself in the consumer seat. How would that feel to you? Does it, does it really feel like someone's listened to you or heard you? If you believe that it does, then do it. If it feels canned to you, then don't do it because it's not going to come across authentic to the student. But you want to do some sort of summary that is summarizing the plan, summarizing the next steps so everybody's on the, on the same page. It puts a nice bow on the present. So that's the conversation in 30 minutes. Step one, introduction. You have your components there. Step two, transition. It's one question. Step three is discovery. Figure out what, of your, what are going to be your three to four core discovery questions that you're going to ask so that you can ask some follow-up questions, give you some material to work with. The bridge from three to four is that concerns question, which is don't, and I didn't mention this, but don't have that be what concerns do you have? If you ask that, you're gonna get, oh, I don't really have any every single time. There's a reason you wanna um, buffer that question with some ideas. A lot of times students have concerns about this, this, and this. What concerns do you have that you wanna make sure we talk about, okay? That's your bridge from step three to step four. Step four, you identify the concerns, you solve with what the institution has to offer. Play the matching game, don't info dump. Step five, 
transition with your closing questions. We've talked about a lot today. Next step is do the application. Not sure if that's where you're at. Tell me how you're feeling. Red light, green light. You build a plan depending on what you get back. Then you summarize, put the bow on the conversation. That's your conversation into six easy steps. Thank you all for being here today. Hopefully you have some takeaways to go and try and implement. Keep an eye out on the Youth School LinkedIn page. We are going to um, provide our next webinar date here shortly uh, where you can join us for that uh, future coaching sessions. And we'd love to hear your implementation. So if you try something out and it works, so you have success or you try something out and you still get stuck, uh, let us know that. We can offer some uh, uh, suggestions or, or coaching uh, through that form as well. Thank you all again for being here. We'll see you all soon.